out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing. There is a field, I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone. Today I talk with my old friend Sunnet. I've known Sunnet for many, many years and have always had a vast amount of respect for her. I got to know her as a clerk at a government department, from where she grew into a top executive at a public listed company and now a business owner. I've always found Sunnet's work-life-play-spirituality balance intriguing and I'm very happy that she has agreed to be our guest. She seems to have the ability to balance these elements in her life, which I find very challenging in my own life, with relative ease and grace. I trust she will share her secret with us. This podcast is supported by the first layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There is also a 24-day step coaching and counseling program available based on the first layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. This is Sunnet's story. Sit back and enjoy. Sunnet, good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. And I'm you? very, very happy to hear that. I'm awesome, thank you. Thanks for coming through to come and talk to us at Meet Me in the Field. You it's a pleasure. Oh, way over fucking due. <laughs> God, this has been a long time. <laughs> I think you, you you have the record for the person that I've been trying to get here the longest. So really? Far. Actually, no. I think the second longest. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> the other one hasn't happened yet, so, so that that could still be a while. Damn, they beat me. <laughs> but you just came back from a hike. Yes. That was in um, Swellendam. Swellendam. Yes. And I saw some of the photos, and they looked beautiful. That's amazing. And I never ever thought of Swellendam as a hilly, beautiful place with beautiful views. Look at the mountains when you approach Swellendam, and you will see. It was one of the most difficult hikes I've serious? done. Yes. We a group of friends, and we do a hike every year, around about the same time. And we've done the Fish River twice in Namibia, which um, people will tell you is not easy. And then we've done the otter, which oh, is wow. really beautiful, but um, I would say less difficult than the fish. Are you serious? Yes. I thought the otter was kind of the ultimate in, in hectic. People say that, but it's not. The fish is a lot more difficult okay. on, on many levels because there's a psychological thing as well. They really, the, <laughs> those people in Namibia, they don't tell you where to go. <laughs> there's a starting point and you go down and then you're on your own. A friend um, so, of mine's going to do it alone. Which is not allowed to. No, you're not allowed he's, to. he's worked a way out to do it. Yes, you can book a group and then you can just say you meet the group and then you go. Yeah, yeah if he wants to talk to me, he can talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was the, actually on this podcast two or three weeks ago. Oh, really? So, yeah. yeah. The, the, the difficult thing with that is, is like you, there's, there's no measurement. So you decide when you want to and you sleep under the stars. I mean, oh, you can take word. a okay. tent, but that's a bit naff. I'm sure you won't. So... Uh, you decide and you you can get lost yeah. and um, I mean obviously it's a lot more severe mm-hmm. because it's in the desert but um, the Swellendam one was more difficult than any of those oh my word yeah and you didn't anticipate that no you thought it was kind of no it sounds kind of a local walk it's no because the thing is all of like 
also yeah, it's so funny I guess it's human nature because it's close by yeah. you kind of think like and all of us were like oh no it's just here it's like Jeez. two and a half hours out of Cape Town because like when it's now in Namibia you, you rent a car and you know you prepare and you yeah. just assume like so you kind of like know that it's difficult and also this well in Denmark's not very well known not a lot of people know about it I think I've, I've never heard of people going for a hiking so, down for a while so. yeah so we were saying that um, we're probably underestimating it and all of us were really really busy yes we did underestimate <laughs> it was really it was really difficult it's up 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 down 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 Exactly. Just give me flat, okay? <laughs> and one day it was windy as oh, hell. No. The difficult thing also is the days just carry on. Your day doesn't end. Like, I don't know, because you have to walk until you get a hut. But having said that, it was absolutely beautiful. Okay. It was like protea valleys. You see, just see proteas and proteas and proteas. Oh, pin cushions, fan oh, boss, mm. the entire, so so we've actually done quite a, f- because this one is completely fan boss, I mean the otter is yeah. like, you see the sea yeah. and it's really dif- different and then obviously the fish, and um, sand, so sand. All of <laughs> and then a friend, of, me and a friend of mine also did Kilimanjaro, we oh, summited Kilimanjaro, yeah. which Who is also, when I was on my sabbatical about six, seven years ago, oh my god, I didn't know that, yes, we went to Zanzibar for holiday, and then we stayed on, and then him and I went up and we did. And did you have altitude sickness? Were you okay? Yeah, you take tablets. Okay. So it was, it was um, I mean, I don't really take tablets. So it was quite a shock for my system because in Zanzibar, you have to take malaria tablets, okay. which is never great. Oh, God, that's awful. Yeah. I know, it's awful. There's a new one, but even that's like, it's awful. And then from there, you you, le- you leave that and then you take altitude tablets. Oh, so you, your whole system so your is system like, kind of, what the yeah, fuck are you doing to, to me? To me, <laughs> totally. But... Yes, and then you you don't know if you will be able to summit. So it's actually, the trail itself is not that difficult. Um, we did Umbwe, which is the most difficult, and we only did it because we're short of time. So okay. you kind of like walk around the mountain, and then everyone summits the same. So Umbwe is just shorter, so you kind of, it's more hilly. <laughs> just go up. Just go. Yeah, but I mean, it's nothing to swell in there, I promise you. <laughs> and people will also... And people are also scared, like, to take the shorter route because they think it's more difficult. Yeah. So they just take the longer route. So when you arrive in Moshi, Moshi is the town, um, it's kind of like at the foot. For, everyone goes there just to, to summit yeah. Kilimanjaro. And very sweet little town. So, you, like, you, we also rented some gear there because you have to have a snow, a snow suit on to okay. get at, to the top. Anyway, so you drive in the taxi and people are like, oh, you're going to do Kalimjara? Like, yeah, when are you leaving? No, we're starting tomorrow. Which route? Umwe. And the taxi drivers literally go like, what? <laughs> and then, so we were like, by the time we, we, we were ready to go, we were like, is it really that bad? Because everyone <laughs> is like, what the fuck are we doing? Umwe, umwe. Like, you, they couldn't like, they look at you through different eyes. And so we were the only people that was doing umbwe. So mm-hmm. what, what's also incredibly special is because it's just you and then obviously your guides yeah. and the Sherpas. So you have two guides and you've got two Sherpas okay. and we're only two people walking. Oh, wow, lovely. Yeah. yeah, so your your party becomes yeah. quite big. So you can imagine if you've got more people, how yes. big the party gets. So it was really, really amazing. Oh, wow. And then you don't know if you're going to summit. So what people would say, like if, um, the guides, so how many times have you climbed Kilimanjaro? And then I go, uh, like, 
um, climb 30 times summiter 25 so not even the guides so it oh really is word. it's got nothing to do with yeah. how special you are or how fit you yeah. are and it was so funny because a lot of foreigners do it as well so you get these people and then they're like in in designer gear <laughs> like everything is new yeah. and like and they're like oh like like this <laughs> and it, i mean your gear is not going to get you up and then we start walking and it's kind of like the guides bet like like uh, my people are going to do it. You always okay. know I was going to be first. Blah blah blah. I think there's a little bit of thing ah. like that, and they check you out. And they they're very very good. But anyway, um, and then you start walking. You start at midnight. So you started walking. So the idea is you start at midnight. It takes six hours, and when the sun comes up, you're at the top. Yeah. So it's quite difficult, obviously, because you can't see where you walk. So you've got your guide in front and a guide in the back, and you really they call it poly poly. It's like one foot in front yeah. of the other. That's how also for the altitude. But as you walk, you can see how people are like sick. Like oh they, no! Yeah, they like. <laughs> On the side, vomiting. You see people on stretchers coming down. Oh God, it's no. really terrible. And human, I mean, my friend, we just went like, poly, poly, up, 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 up. And we were there first. Oh, my word. Yeah, it was amazing. It was really, really amazing. Beautiful. One thing I, I, I hear about summiting both Kilimanjaro and Everest is the concept that you expect it to be kind of... How can I put it? A, a, a singular experience. And then you run into traffic jams and just yeah. shit load of people. Yeah. And yeah. Let's retract a little bit. So you grew up in Pretoria. Yes. And were you born in Pretoria? I was born in Namibia, in Ventuk. Oh, yes. I should have known that. Yes. And how old were you when you moved to Pretoria? No, no, no. My parents... <laughs> My, my dad worked for the government, so every time you got a promotion, we moved. Oh, okay. So I was born in Namibia, and I think we stayed there until I started school. Then we moved to Springbok. <laughs> okay, God. Can... I've known you for many years, so I, just I must for, know this. Just for anyone that listens, <laughs> very almost. <laughs> I, nearly, I nearly swallowed my cup instead of just my coffee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then I did um, grade one in, in, uh, in Springbok. And then, um, then we moved to Barberton, grade two, and then standard one, Petersburg. I mean, that's grim. <laughs> so all issues I have come from there. <laughs> <laughs> so your trauma therapist will focus on Petersburg. Petersburg no, 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 no. And then we moved to Clarksdorp. Oh and that's God, also, wow. that's like... That's where you meet Rupert. That, yes, that's where oh, all the therapy yeah. actually should start. <laughs> and that, that's how I know Sunday through Rupert. So. Yes, and then I was there till uh, uh, standard six, no, standard eight. So I, d I did um, high school there, and then we moved to Pretoria, and then I went to Afrikaans, Macy's Word. Oh, my God. And there it continued. So, <laughs> so then I was in boarding school there. Oh, my God. Oh, because your parents years. were doing... My, Parliamentary service. And my yeah. parents basically moved to Cape Town. Yeah. yeah. So that's where the Pretoria, and then I studied a bit in Pretoria, and then I moved to Cape Town. At Joburg, actually. Then I started working at Woolworths, and yeah. I was at Joburg. And then eventually, in 2000, I moved to um, Cape Town. So I've been here for 19 years. Awesome. Yeah. So we've we met each other. I was lying in bed this morning trying to remember. So... I studied 85, 86, 87, 88, so I went to the army in 89. Yes. yes. So that's when we met the first time, where yes. I didn't like you. Yes. And then I met you in 93, where Why I Why didn't you, you like me? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
I didn't have to. In 93, when I met you, I was alone. I had to like you. <laughs> <laughs> I had no choice. You were my lifeline. <laughs> but well, then you made me really hit it off. Yes. It just, it just, <laughs> it just awesome. I forgot that you didn't like me. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm not, that, I'm not the kind of person you like immediately. <laughs> I don't think so. But, so did you grow up with in church? In Gierkerk, in those type of things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. In, have you been confirmed in church at 17? Yes. And how did all that resonate with you? I didn't really... It, it was just as... You just, just go... steps. Yeah, you just go through What's the flows like... Pulley, pulley. Pulley, pulley through it. <laughs> One small step in front of the other and eventually get like, confirmed you can fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I was like... I remember always having arguments like, should I really... Must I really go to church? Like blah blah blah, and then you realize the system is bigger than you. Yeah. I mean, you just you just go through it, and yeah. then you think when you're 18 and you leave like home and you can yeah. do whatever you want, then you just like that's I think what mm. freedom is at the be, end of the day. We become victims of our parents' promise that they mm. made when they had us Christian, because yeah. basically what they say is they promised to look after us to be connected with God and go through the whole thing until we get, get confirmed. Yeah. So we're just victims of this promise that they bloody well made. We, yeah. didn't, we didn't have a yeah. choice. <laughs> So when I, when I got to know you in 93, we had vast amount of fun. And you were, I immediately saw you as somebody who was, who was on their way somewhere, on, on, on some form of, of, of journey. You, you read a lot of spiritual stuff. Yeah. But the real thing for me happened when you accidentally became my neighbor. <laughs> in yes. Cape Town. And I can't remember what year that was. Was that 2000? That's 2000. Okay, February two thousand. When you, when you became my neighbor, then yes, and then I learned that you meditated. Yes, and you were kind of ahead of the trend. You were my only friend who meditated at that yes. stage, and you still you still meditate. Yes, and you do the on same and off, type of I'm meditation. Not, mm, yeah, okay. yeah, on and off. Like I, I had. I have this friend still, her name is Eleanor, and I don't, I must actually ask her how she met this guy, his name is Kumi, okay. and Kumi is called Kumi the Mystical Master, and, he, <laughs> I and, and I met, I met Eleanor when I worked at Woolworths, she, she saved me, I mean, she's an angel, but uh, so she somehow met Kumi, and she was like, you have to come to this place, like, this guy does meditations, and it's for free on a Tuesday night, he's got this a place in Cravel Park and I was like well that sounds interesting so on a Tuesday come hello high water like launch no launch <laughs> like we go into meditation so we would like and it was quite far for us sometimes to go like I mean Joburg traffic yeah. every Tuesday we at meditation and then what Kumi used to do is I mean he's, he's literally what you think he is he's, he's Indian he's got long brown curly lovely and it, it feels like he floats so he sits and then he just talks about stuff and then he says, and now we're going to go through a meditation and then he does a guided meditation and then boom, you go. That's it. Cool. So weekly that became like... Your anchor in your... <laughs> our anchor in our, our busy 90s yeah. life. And then, so, so I just carried on with that. I loved that. And I did that uh, um, all the time when I was in um, Joburg until I moved to Cape Town. So I really miss Kumi. So did you only meditate on Tuesday nights or did you become meditating on your own as well? No, and then you could you could buy cassettes, ah, like tapes. Really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> and then you would do the, you would listen to his talks and do guided meditations through the tapes. Cool. Yeah, and people would like they would look at you funny when you when you hear that you meditate. I mean, it was really sure, quite it was odd. Not. I mean, I come from an Afrikaans family, so I I stopped eating meat around about the same time. Okay. Red meat, red ah. meat. So that was also very strange for people yes. that you don't eat red meat. But I, the truth is, I never really liked red meat, even as a child. <laughs> okay. so it wasn't something, like I wasn't advanced on a spiritual yeah. level. It was just like I didn't like the taste. But it just coincided. And then this friend of mine from Durban, she used to come to, also working at Willie's. And then I was like, come to meditation with me and Eleanor. So she started going okay. to meditation. And then she said to me, there's this book that just came out and you will love it. And she bought it for me for my birthday. And it was Conversations with God. Okay. Book one. okay. And I would say like, and like, it's just all the things and the meditation and conversations with God changed like a way of thinking okay. because it's the first time that um, you, um, I mean, it's a very good book still. Like he breaks it down that we, we, um, we get brought up like a normal church that, that you need to be fearful of God. Yeah. And in the book, it basically tells you that how you can't fear God. God yeah. is love. And, you know, like it breaks down all the things. Never made, made, it made doesn't make sense. sense to me. I remember having a, a kind of a fight with my mother at some stage as a teenager. Where I said to her, I feel, I feel about you like I feel about God. I don't know whether I should love or fear you. Because for me, the two are, are That's opposites. That's very advanced. They, they, yeah. they, 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 they don't. They're not opposite sides of the coin. They're different yeah, coins. <laughs> exactly. And how do you understand if they say that God loves you unconditionally, but you're not allowed to do this, this, yeah. this, 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 and this. You can't some us if, if yeah. you do something so, wrong. So yeah. where then there's a word wrong here, then you shouldn't use unconditional. Yeah. So, and, the, and the, the first book is really good at breaking down things. And for the first time I read something, I thought... Holy oh, wow. Moses, this yeah. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It just made complete sense. I still love that. I, actually, all of that. I read all of the I books. tried to read it, but I was in active addiction, so it made absolutely no fucking sense. You can it's, borrow mine. You know what changed my life was that book, The Shack. Where? Um, the I'm Shack. Um, oh. Yeah. And that my father gave me, and then he said to me, read this. And it was, I read the back, and I thought, is he fucked in his head? This is... Christian, this is 100% bloody Christian. I can't read this. And then I don't know why. I just one day read it. And how did it change you? That book to help me to forgive myself. Oh, wow. Mm. And I've read it once more since then. And it's there because I'll read it again. It, it's just... But is it a Christian book? Well, this, this guy, his daughter gets murdered. And... One day he, he arrives at his postbox and there's an invitation from God to go and meet him for a weekend in the shack where they discovered his daughter's body. Oh, wow. So he lies to his family about where he's going for the weekend and he arrives and he meets Jesus, God and the Holy Spirit. Wow. <laughs> really? And they take him through a weekend journey, which is mind-boggling. It's amazing. Wow. It is. So, yes. So you would recommend reading it's it? It's as Christian as you can get, but I'd, I recommend reading it. Wow. <laughs> I must say, I sometimes have a bit of an allergic reaction yeah, if I see something. One of the three said to him at sunset that for you to be free, you need to forgive your daughter's killers. Oh, can you imagine how hard that must yeah. be? And I discovered through that that if I need to be, to be free, I need to forgive the cock myself for the cock that I've done in active addiction. Hmm. And I, I had to. And I did it because of that book. 
Wow. So that book sets me, set me free. It's amazing. Yeah. So I believe that these, like all the books basically at the end of the day stay the sa- say the same thing in a way. Yeah. It's just if you're going to be able to resonate. So it's exactly, got to do with yeah. timing, the way the writer, the Don't author writes, so, yeah. all of those kind of things. Oh, wow, I must read it. Do that. So one thing that I, I need to apologize to you for <laughs> is, and I hear this so often, is I remember ripping you and Dion and you arsehole about doing a course in miracles. Yes. I, I laughed at you so much. It was just the funniest fucking thing in the whole world. How can Dion, you do a course in miracles? Dion didn't do it. Actually, he ended up doing it. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was so weird. I, I could not think that anybody <laughs> wants to do a course in miracles. Because what the fuck can they teach you about miracles? They don't it's exist. An, it's an incredible book. That I've heard often. And today I believe, really? I do think people... of myself as a miracle. Yeah, of course. So here I sit and I think of myself as a miracle and I laughed at you for doing course in miracles. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I was innocent. I was, I was ignorant. I was stupid. So Freddy, what does it entail? People still go like, they go like, you, you know, you just reference it and you go like, oh yeah, that's just when I was doing a course in miracles. People still <laughs> like, like, the, like the taxi drivers in Moshi. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cats do the same thing. As they look at you and you go like, <laughs> I this is now completely, we, we are doing the recording in my office where I do my counseling. And um, Tyson sits in a lot of, in a lot of my counseling sessions. And on one specific counseling session, he sat right there on the corner of the desk. And obviously the client sits on, on the couch and I sit at my chair. So he's sitting there merely listening to the, to the client. And the client tells a secret. But she bears her soul to a level that she's never done it before. And when she was finished, Tyson swung his head from her to me. But at the speed of light, kind of, what the fuck did she just say? And both the clients and I... First, I love laughing. I don't yes. know whether that's the appropriate response, but his reaction was. So I get that look. He gave that look. What was that? <laughs> that lady just said. You know, he probably knew. He definitely broke the, broke the tension <laughs> that was in the room because it was. Okay, you could have good cut that. It was so funny. No, so, no, what no. does the course of miracles entail? <laughs> <laughs> You've got one minute. I'm going <laughs> to. Do you know what the book is so difficult? It's not. Um, um, it's not really a book that you can pick up and then you read. Okay. So so I went to the Course in Miracles. I think on a Thursday night once a week, and then there was this guy um, that would go through the book um, with us. So okay. he would. I suppose it's like when you study the Bible. I don't want to uh, compare yeah. the two, but it's um, talk about the devil. <laughs> <laughs> So so entered the building. So um, he, he, you basically workshop parts of the book, and then you're supposed to try and live like that. So it's it's no violence. It is it's being um, uh, mindful, mindful, present. Yeah, all the all the things. But it's I don't actually know. I must brush up on it. So it's a good spiritual teaching. Kind of be present for life and show up for life and take responsibility and and don't be a bitch and don't be a bastard and treat treat animals and treat people the way you'd like to treat yourself and and, and those type of things. And it gives you examples of stuff and then then, um, you're supposed to try and live like that. I mean, if we can all live like that. But uh, um, simple things that I still remember um, is um, there's an example of 
let's say, um, I mean, in our life, if you somewhere and you see someone begging for food or for money and your first instinct is to give them, let's say, 100 rand, and then your brain takes over and you go like, no, they're going to buy alcohol or drugs yeah. or 100 rand's too much or like, you know, and then you don't. And then you just go shake your head, no, yeah. I don't, I don't have anything. That what your first reaction is with things like that when it comes from a place trust of, your gut you just have to do that yeah. so if you can just live your life by like sometimes you see someone and you think oh you look beautiful i'm talking about positive things yeah. and then you think like oh they're gonna think i'm strange if yeah. i say they look they look beautiful so you just don't so to to almost hold your better better self back yeah and if you then you bec um, become aware of it i mean that's just one of the things in course oh, okay. of miracles that, that i remember you realize how often you do it Mm -hmm. Isn't that? Like, isn't I that could think, while you like, were talking, I could think of a few examples. That, exactly, that my mind. and yeah. it's just like then just do it, like you know, and it's it's hard. All of those things, so they yeah. so they give it like those kind of examples so that you can take it into real life. Cool. But it's it's you almost have to decode it with okay. someone that actually know what they do it. So it's a design for living program. It, it yeah. helps you to live to, to to live a better life. So it's very much like the twelve steps ultimately. Yeah. that's all. All the twelve steps is is. The Hopefully, same type yeah. of things, you know, be present, don't be a, don't be an arsehole. Yeah, don't be a dick. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't be a boss, just be nice. Yeah, know? just be nice. Yeah. It's that simple, really. Yeah, and, yeah. and be, be clear, your, clear your life and your system of the clutter and the bullshit, so yeah. that when you get your gut instinct, you can trust it. Yeah. Because that's something that, that, that I've learned through life, is that I could never trust my gut, because there was so much rubble in there that, that the poor gut had to break through. That I didn't know whether I was listening to the rubble or the gut. Yeah. Um, the ego or the... Yeah. Yeah. So at least these days, you know, with, with, with the work I've done on myself, the, the, the bullshit's gone. Yes. So now when the gut comes, I can trust the gut. Yes. And, and that, that's a Absolutely. very powerful thing for me. Absolutely. So that's what it sounds like, causing Miracles. Yeah. Now, you were, at some stage in your life, um, a corporate cow. <laughs> <laughs> Not to me. You Is were, that you, what one calls <laughs> You, you were really kind of a, a, a very hard-working corporate person. Ambitious, yes. Yeah, and, and, and then you, you said farewell to corporate life. Yes. Take us through that thought process. What happened? Well, I loved, I loved being in corporate, I must say. Is People it? look at me now and they go like, really? But <laughs> I did. Yeah. You need but another course in miracles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I did. The, the, the thing is as well, is like I did while I worked at corporate, like obviously there's something in me that I feel like I need that balance. So I did the, the um, Course in Miracles while I worked in yes. corporate. And I did, I studied aromatherapy while yes. I... Oh, oh my God, I forgot that. Yeah. No, but while I reflexology worked... Reflexology as well. In reflexology, yes. while I worked at corporate. Yeah. And I think it's, a, it's, it's just a need to balance the two yes. out. I mean, it's not by, I'm so clever, I decided to do that. It just kind of like happened. Yeah. So, um, thank God, because I mean, you I, I think otherwise you just yeah. tip yeah. completely the other way. But um, I loved it. And there's a lot of good things about um, where I worked. I mean, it's, you meet a lot of people, you have a lot of opportunities, you're exposed to a lot of things. I traveled a lot. Um, you can be creative. I learned a huge amount yeah. while I was there. And I also, but I took it very serious yeah. and um, I gave it everything that I have, maybe more, 
but so I realized I always said like the moment I don't like it I won't be able to stay because you can't then then you just become a slave to the system yeah. or a doormat and that's not really how I see myself you might be good but you still have a soul yeah of course so the minute you, you, you sound your soul then, then it's just not worth it yeah and I think what happened is like um, for me is like you work really hard and, and it's quite stressful but the cycle stays the same so it's always if like it becomes the same bullshit yeah so it's always the same thing and um and it is always the same thing this this in systems that's that big things don't change that so it's always the same department that's a problem it's okay. the same person that's a problem problems don't get addressed they work their way around them you know those kind of yeah. things and then you just you actually just become exhausted by it and then mm, i was like like they thought I was going through a midlife crisis, and then also the the business changed a bit. You can't go. It's just a midlife crisis. It's your hormones. <laughs> have you met your guy lately? <laughs> yeah, just, but that's really how people view it because it didn't make sense what I did. Like here I am. I've got like a fantastic job. You earn a good salary. You've got all these opportunities. Yeah. I mean, what more do you want? Exactly. People like, would kill for that. If they exactly. Tried it. Exactly. Well, you like, poisoned it in his head. And 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 people are happy with you and all of those things. And then you just decide like I don't want it. Yeah. Anyway, I was just like I was. I kind of was at a place. And if you want to call it a midlife crisis, it's fine. There, there's a reason why there is a term like a midlife crisis. <laughs> I think deep down you do re- reassess your life. And I was a bit like. This is good, but I don't feel that fulfilled. It feels like I would be, in a weird way, quite disappointed with myself if I get a 30-year award. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm talking about myself. So if I get like a 30-, 40-year award and I retire and I've got blank amount of money, you know what I mean? That's not not the issue. Like, it feels like I want to do something different. And then I was like, well, I need to now make a decision. I need to stay or I'm young enough to still start yeah. something new. And it wasn't something I took lightly. I mean, it, I probably took a year to, to okay. decide. Okay, so it was a long, long decision. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you need to get your head around because it's a massive, massive, yeah. massive de- decision. And, um, and you really I, did earn very good money. Um, yeah, and I have a lot of opportunity. Yes. And honestly, there's nothing wrong with what I had. Yeah. So it's quite hard. You know, sometimes you hear about people that, that was in a relationship and it, it was fine and they love the person and maybe they've got children or whatever, but there's just something missing and they yeah. walk out and you think, how hard must that be? Or how stupid are you? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. bit, and, I, and I guess there is something amazing about you only have this lifetime, one lifetime that yeah. you're aware of to do whatever you feel you need yes. to do. And I just felt like I don't really have a choice. Like I wanted to leave. So your soul was talking to you. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't, and I honestly didn't know what I was going to do. Like I had no plan and that makes it worse because I just knew that I don't want to go and work for someone else. And it's not like I'm unhappy with my current situation. Yeah. I wanted a new one. It was like I wanted a completely different life and a completely different experience. I wanted to almost be a new person, yeah. reinvent or whatever you want to call it. But I didn't know how that looked. And to me, the only solution was just to stop everything, detox myself from this life that I knew. Yeah. And then try and figure out what I wanted to do. And then how do you do that? You go on a sabbatical. Yeah. And that's what I did. So I stopped working. 
and then and it, it's quite Fuck, hard. That's a bit scary. And I did, I mean, I am a bit of a security person and I plan. You just grow up that way. Yeah. So I just like, I looked at like how much money I've got. I took, put money aside and then I divided it by how much do I need to survive. And I divided by X amount of months. And that's See, how. Well, that time I need to have my shit sorted. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this, is my, this is my deadline to get my shit sorted. <laughs> So, like, I, and I traveled, like, a lot of the time, but I used, I stayed in my part. I kept my apartment, and I just, like, that was my base. And, yeah, and I had, like, an, ama- I had an amazing experience. I mean, I was, I, in that time, I did two different years, but I did two um, 30-day yoga retreats. Are you serious? Yeah, you was in Africa in India? Where? I did one in India. That was amazing. It was really, really amazing. And then I did one the following year in South America, oh, wow. in Argentina, oh. also for a month. That was very hard for me. I, they were, um, that's Shivananda Yoga. So it's, and I didn't really know that. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like dive into stuff and then I deal with it. <laughs> good. Which is a very good thing. Yeah. Um, I didn't really read up about more about Shivananda. They just suited my dates and that I was in the country and kind of, but it's attached to a philosophy that's almost like a religion and that's not really what I am about. But I did learn quite a few things from there. They're quite, they renounce, um, you know, so it's very, it's proper if that's what you want, but that's not really what I want. So, yeah, but also amazing. It was amazing. I learned a lot. I also did a Deepak Chopra um, in Sedona. I did one of his workshops. Oh, wow. <laughs> I saw the man. Oh, yeah. good. I know but a lot of people think it's very cheesy, but I, I do think there's a lot of value in making spiritualism commercial so that it reaches as many people as possible. Yeah. I'm not really into that spiritual snobbism that it's an elite and you can only do this and that yeah. and people looking down. I think if you can spread the word any which way and if you like, that's really, you can see that's what the man wants to do. I'm not saying he's perfect, but he wants in his lifetime to reach as many people yeah. as possible. So that was amazing. Oh, wow. It was really, and there they taught, you asked if I still meditate the same way. There they taught, taught us a different way of meditating. So part of the thing that I did is you have a one-on-one with a counselor and you give them a kind of like your birth date and your time and all of those things, kind of what you give an astrologer. But um, how they work is that um, there's a, the earth has got a sound at a certain time that you are born. And what they do is they give you your sound. Like it, um, and you, you never allow, you're not allowed to give it to anyone else. That is, that is yours and it's okay. your own. So when you meditate, you use that mantra. Okay. So because if you, if you think about Om and all of those kind of mm. things, it's a sound. Yeah. So the sound has got a certain power. So when you meditate, so that changed my meditation. Okay. So if you now just sit and all you have to do is you just have to do that, 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 and that's your own personal thing. And that's what I've been doing since oh, then. Oh, cool. And how does it feel for you? Amazing. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, it just feels right. They give it to you yeah. and then you, you just need to memorize it and it just becomes part of who you are. So, um, yeah, and they, they also, they make spiritualism very practical. And um, the thing that I learned there that was the most valuable, and I still use it every day, not every day, but I still use it, is they made us, now you must know, okay, I was very confused while I was there. So I was in the middle of, I've just, I've just um, left this life. I'm 
in this space where I, where everything is unknown to yeah. me and I don't know where I'm going. I can't see the picture of what's yeah. going to happen. I'm not the kind of person that can do nothing. I want to do something. That's why I left, yeah. you know. <laughs> so sit there very confused. And also it's that thing about your timing and everything is always perfect. So we did an exercise. So you do, basically you do the seven um, spiritual habits, you know, those ones from Deepak. And then you just go through them. And then one of the exercises that we were doing is like, you you pick a problem, <clears throat> whatever the problem or the challenge in your life is. And then that's what you focus on. And then you say to yourself, what is a possible outcome? So mine was, what am I going to do with my life? Okay, so what's my future? And then you go like... Um, I start my own business and I'm super successful and make loads of money and I'm extremely happy. Okay, option one. Then I go, okay, cool. Option two. Then you go like, um, I go back, I get headhunted, I work for someone, I'm super successful, I earn lots of money, yeah. I travel the world, I'm happy. Then I say like, okay, choose another option. You go like, okay, um, I start a business, I'm maybe an NGO, da 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 And then you go, and then I say, okay, another option. Seriously, by by number five, and five is not a lot, eh? By number five, you've run out of. I'm a complete failure. <laughs> I need to. I need to crawl back to Woolworths and say I made a mistake. That's that's kind of like number four because initially you're very positive and yeah. then you go like, okay, shit, what? <laughs> then you do that. Number five, you go like, okay, I go and study. I'll become a photographer. Like, they 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 make you carry on. It is like torture oh, okay what? till about 15 because there's also no point if you don't participate yeah do you know that by seriously seven eight you run out of options and then the whole lesson is is that the universe is creative like there's so many like we yeah. are so uncreative in our thinking and we're so boxed we generally go positive negative in between yeah. so you can't really have an idea of what is possible yeah. for your life, but they try and force you. Oh, cool. And it's it's such a powerful thing because you just realize, like, yeah. it can't just be that. Exactly. There might, there's so much more. Yeah. And then you start thinking differently. And if you start thinking differently, different opportunities. So many other doors open. Yeah, yeah, of course. I find it so weird in, in counseling where somebody will sit in front of me and they, they discuss a problem. And then I said, have you ever thought of... No, I haven't thought about that. Yeah. Now. But that's the first thing that should have... It's the first thing that came to mind for me. Well, how could you not have seen that? <laughs> you just need another perspective. You need totally. another way of looking at things. So totally. it sounds as if that is kind of your own therapy. Yeah. You you force yourself to look at those yeah. options. Yeah. That's why it's always beneficial mm. also to talk to other people yeah. is because people see things differently. Absolutely. And even now I look at things and then I think like, I want to buy a house. So what are the options? Like I can do this or this or this. So I can do it like this or I yeah. can do it like that. You know, like it, it just, it's a, it's a mm. simple tool that just puts you in. So how long was your sabbatical eventually? How long did it turn mm. out? Two years. <laughs> two years. Yeah. Oh my word. <laughs> oh, basically two years. And then you eventually started your own business with a yes, friend. Yes, yes, yes. Well, how did that opportunity happen? Who, who, who made the call? Who made the... We... I, got drunk one night and said, let's do this so much nice. Kind of something like that. Very <laughs> <laughs> like the same. It was, it was a New Year's. It was New Year's and I went to Rupert's house for New Year. And then um, we were like, so what are you going to do? And I was like, what I... I did know what I want to do. I just didn't know how to do it. Okay. So I, in my sabbatical, I wrote a CETA accredited program for visual merchandising. 
because you can't study visual merchandising in South Africa. So I wanted to change that in, in some shape or form. And that was the thing. Sita was all the rage, apparently still is. So I did that for about six months because it takes long. It's all government and processes yeah. and gosh, okay, yes, <laughs> it really tests you. <laughs> so I did that. And then I was like, I'd want to do something with this. And then Rupert was kind of like, Oof, he's not, he's, he doesn't know if he wants to do uh, run his business the way, so he, way he's running it. Like they were doing a lot of media days and a lot of event spaces and things like that. And that is like, you know, late night working, early morning, yeah. physical. Um, he also wanted to kind of like reinvent himself a bit. And then I was there and we were like, let's, let's do it together. And we were like, okay, cool, let's do it together. <laughs> and that's what we did. And that's our like, VM. So I was VM Centre. Okay. So um, like... I kind of like just started that to do something, yeah. you know, and that was also with that that I did my CETA accreditation and he's always been Olive Studio. So now we VM Central and Olive Studio. Oh, cool. Yeah, and now our business was um, eight years in February. Are you serious? That long already? Can you believe it? Yeah. Wow. And you've opened a shop now. So, yeah. So, so also, I mean, it's very hard to all of a sudden run your own business because... <laughs> When I like, it sounds so prima donna, but when I worked at Woolworths, you get a, a work phone and you, there's your cell phone. And when the contract expires, you get like a, I mean, the girl was amazing, but then she leaves three printouts on my desk and say, these are the phones yeah. that, you know, that you can choose from. And I basically make a tick. Yeah. And then the next day the phone arrives, <laughs> I leave my old phone, they transfer my data. Like, I didn't know. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like. I didn't know how to do it. Small fucking brat, it sounds like, it sounds like to me. I don't think it's like that. <laughs> I just worked with someone amazing. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, and then all of a sudden, like, you have to... Everything has to happen. You have to understand yourself, yeah. that. You have to understand... You do everything. Oh, okay. You like the... You, mm -hmm. you answer the phone. You see the client. Yeah. You do the paperwork. You do like everything yourself. You do the photo stats, the photocopying, the... You make the yeah. things. You oh, implement yeah. it. You dress the mannequin. And also like in corporate, the, like I started at the bottom and I worked myself yeah. to the top. So at the end when you're there, you don't... You don't... Uh, you run a whole department. Yeah. You're not physically hands-on creative yeah. and i must say i didn't think i would enjoy it as much but i do enjoy the realness of oh, that cool. a lot even oh, though wow. i did enjoy yeah. managing teams and things like that but um so so that was hard there was a lot to learn and you learn a lot about yourself and then money is a big issue because yeah. it, it believe me no one sit and wait for you to arrive and open a business oh, tell me about it yeah, <laughs> that, that doesn't happen. <laughs> so apparently, you, apparently nobody was waiting for a counselor to arrive in Somerset West no. and remove all their problems for them. Yes. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> even though you can solve them. Exactly. And they should be queuing around the block. Exactly, totally so. Yeah. <laughs> looking at the state of the world. Totally. But, or humanity. Yeah. I mean, you should be so yeah, busy. Apparently that wasn't, that's not the case. Yeah. So you learned it that way as well. I learned it that yeah. way as well. <laughs> So I can only, I can probably say for the last three years, it feels like, because also um, you come from that environment, so you don't want people to look at you, that person. So you, in that space, you need to reinvent yourself. You yeah. need to be, you need to go to all the people. So you must uh, try and make yourself look independent. Well, you need to become independent. Yeah. Even if in your head and your approach is independent, everyone must kind of see that. Yeah. So it's only in the last three years. So now we, we, we work for absolutely everyone. 
Um, we know people, you've got relationships, and it really is amazing. And we're awesome. a small team of people, we all get along, everyone is amazing. And then now, now you're in a space, clearly I've got this thing inside me that I want to like, do new things and whatever, but then we decided to open a shop because it's a different part of the business. Yeah. And we did the festival this year, which is a different part of the festival. And then I'm still very keen on this education thing. Cool. So I think I now know, eight years later, what it is that we want to do, or I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I, want, I want to change visual merchandising in South Africa. Awesome. So I want to move the, I don't know, the... Um, the career into a different space cool. and I don't I think I, if I look back that's what I wanted to do yeah. then that's why I left like I wanted to do things differently Ooh. I didn't know that I wanted to do yeah. it there so it like you don't see it it's only now when I go back and I think I wanted oh, to do a visual merchandising festival yeah. when I worked in corporate wow like but I've only done because you couldn't do it you can't do it then yeah. you can't host something like that so you realize like Amazing. You actually do know. Yeah. You just don't know, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we need to wrap up because we have a table booked for lunch. Yes. Looking forward to that. But Lucky me. <laughs> lucky you indeed. Our, 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 our oven blew up last night, so we couldn't make lunch for something. So, <laughs> so, so what did you make for lunch? Oh, reservations. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> so we made reservations for lunch. So last question is... Mm. What do you do today to live? I'm going to use the word awake. Have you ever run into a lady called Sarah Blondin in your... Oh, my God. No. There's a lady... You can tell me about it on lunch. There's a lady called Sarah Blondin who blogs and meditates. She, she, she does her own meditations through Live Awake. Beautiful. Absolutely oh, wow. amazing. If I was straight, I would have flown to America and robbed her away from my husband and married her. <laughs> <laughs> no choices. <laughs> she is absolutely oh, wow. beyond. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, so my question to you is, what do you do today to live awake? Because you, one thing that I remember is a while ago we met on a Saturday morning and you arrived on your bicycle. Yes. So you're very aware of your, your footprint and those yes. type of things. Yeah, and there's always room for improvement, obviously. I mean, I think there's a lot of a lot of room for improvement yeah. with those things. Um, I think it's, to, it's actually to keep things simple and to, to stay, you know, I still do try and meditate. It's, a, it's an awareness every day. Yeah. It's, it's um, yeah, and I've also got my things that I read and I'm subscribed to. And um, I've got affirmations that I say in the corner cool. while I do work. And then it is that thing. It's like you just sit and be present. Yeah. What I did, what I do try and do is like, and they tease me at the studio. It's like, oh, Sunny so can't do more than one thing at a time. But <laughs> I, I made that decision. When I, when I, when I type or I'm writing yeah. something, that's what I do. When we talk, we talk. Yeah. I don't, and if I'm on my phone, I'm on my phone. Like so that, so yeah. I'm really one of the, but it is to be aware, you yes. can't do three things at the same time. Yeah. So I don't, and I had to juggle so many things always, but now I, I still have to, but I've got a choice of how I want awesome. to spend my time. Yeah. So I think those things so also. So very, very aware, very present. You're yeah. present for what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, well, that's yeah. important. Yeah. And then um, I think it's just also to be healthy, like, cool. yeah. you know, um, 
eat right, exercise, drink enough water, go to bed early, those kind of things. That Fabulous. really does yeah. all out. Absolutely. Yeah. People don't realize how important a good night's sleep is. I am listening to a podcast at this very moment that the girls from the hike told me about, about how important sleep is. I'll share it with you. It cool. is crazy. Amazing. Well, please share it with my husband. <laughs> it, no, if you somebody will, needs a sleep hygiene. <laughs> you will go yeah. immediately into another oh, way cool. of living. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. My sleep hygiene is excellent, I must say. Oh. I'm in bed by 10, lights out by 11. That's and amazing. I sleep seven hours and I sleep well. And I sleep as late as Tyson allows me to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> My higher power decides. <laughs> Sunit, thank you so much for coming thank and talking you, to us. It I really, amazing. really appreciate this. Thank it's you. wonderful. And looking forward to a lovely lunch. Yes. Let's go and do this. Cool. Ciao, everybody. Bye. It was awesome to have Sunit as a guest on Meet Me in the Field. What a path she has walked in her life, and I'm grateful that she has shared a part of it with us. I wish her all of the best on all her amazing ventures, as well as on a dream to redefine the visual merchandising world in South Africa. If you want to find Sanet, go to www.vm-central.com or vmcentral on Instagram. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za, or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field or Freddy Counselor, or on Twitter at at Freddy, or Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. I want to thank Sunit for her time and energy in chatting to Meet Me in the Field. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.